Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, everybody. It's Wednesday, July 11th. I have a sad confession to make. Um, on Monday, which was July July 9th, we missed Jeff Fisher Day. 7-9. I'm so, I'm so disappointed. Seven. Oh, wow. That's hilarious. That, that is hilarious. That's horrible, right? Brian McFadden joining me. I'm Will Brinson. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, anywhere else. Tune in anywhere else you get your podcast. If you rate and review, we will be eternally grateful to you. And uh, if you want to tweet at me, it's at Will Brinson. For Bryant, it's at BMAC underscore Sports Talk. Make sure and watch him as well on CBS Sports HQ. It's live streaming 24-7, and you can go to cbssports.com backslash live to see that. And uh, and I don't, I don't want to... Can I, can I tease? Do you have another podcast project you're working on, right? Can we tease it or? Yes, you can give us short, short tease. Okay. So I know that there was a, we talked about the 2000, we talked about a great Steelers team that you were on previously yes, on this podcast. Let's say hypothetically, you might be talking to some friends, uh, of the friends about that team, right? And I know that, um, uh, at least one former cornerback who we've mentioned on the show was, has, has been in close proximity with you on a microphone. I, I think, I think this will be cool stuff, uh, coming down the pipe. So people should be looking out for that. Uh, no question. No question. Of course, this is our 10, this is, will be our 10 year reunion from the Super Bowl, two, 2008 Super Bowl championship team from the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Steelers fans, it's going to be a fun ride as we, uh, reminisce and go back in time a little bit about that storied year. I love it. Um, oh wow. We got a uh, Madden player ratings are out. They were released today. I thought they were coming out Wednesday, but that's fine. Um, and I mentioned that Brian, do you play Madden? Do you ever play Madden? Did you play Madden? Yeah. You- I, I used to be when I played in Pittsburgh, I was the Madden champ. Oh really? Yes. Yes. Nice. Yes. I used to whoop everybody, everybody. If you ask anybody about BMAC when I was there in Pittsburgh, uh, they would tell you I was the best. What was your favorite? What, who was the cover athlete of your favorite? Um, addition. My, I mean, I think 04 is the Vic one, and that's yeah. like the most famous one, but I think the Marshall Falk one. Oh would, my goodness. Th- Falk was unbelievable. Yeah. That was always the one I played with my room. We, my roommates and I would draft teams and play with that, but, um, Madden ratings are out and we will actually have an interview later this week, uh, with somebody from EA Sports about the Madden ratings, sort of going over that. So that's exciting. We're going to talk to Brady Quinn later this week as well. Um, and, but today, so Monday, on Monday show, or excuse me, on Tuesday show, we talked to Ryan Wilson about five teams who could miss the playoffs. I am, I wrote a story, five teams who could miss the playoffs. And these are teams who were in the playoffs last year, of course. Um, I included the Eagles as a team that could, that could be on the outside looking in. I'm getting blasted on Twitter. <laughs> is it, is it a fool's errand to say the Eagles could miss the playoffs? No, no, you, I mean, anything can happen in the NFL. And I think that's why the NFL is such, a great sport to watch because you don't know there's not a for sure thing and i guess the closest for sure thing would be is the patriots making the playoffs but Mm. outside of the patriots you don't know so i think that could be a bit far-fetched but yet and still the reality of it is that they could miss the playoffs right they could sure i mean you know honestly the um I wouldn't bet it though will i wouldn't bet it i don't it's (laughs) probably not likely i'm just sort of running i'm trying to think of Teams in recent history who have won the Super Bowl, and you got to go with non um, non Patriots well, here, right? Like well, non. Well, 
Go ahead, teams yeah. that have won the Super Bowl and missed the playoffs the next year? It's actually pretty common, I think. Yeah, the, I know we did it. We won in 2-5 and we missed the playoffs. I mean, yeah. 2005 and we missed in 2006. That's right. And then you guys yeah. went, um, 8-8 eight and eight the following two years, maybe, or was that? We went 8-8 eight and eight the, the next year after winning the championship. And then the next year after that, Mike Tomlin's first year, we think we were 10 and 6. So looking back on this, and again, like I'm taking out the Patriots. Because I don't think that the Patriots the Patriots don't count. They're a unique situation. And I would pick the Patriots to be one of these teams who could miss the playoffs this year, Bryant, if they didn't play in the AFC East, just because the NFL is difficult and it's hard and things change. Um, if you go back and look at the last few Super Bowl winners, again, Patriots out. But the Broncos won Super Bowl 50, and they missed the playoffs the next year, finished third in the division. The Seahawks uh, won in 2014 and then lost to the Patriots the following year. But then the previous two Super Bowl champs before that, the Ravens and the Giants, both missed the playoffs as well. I mean, it's not, exactly. it's just not that uncommon to go from being a Super Bowl champ because when you're a Super Bowl champ, you oftentimes have a lot of attrition and, and players leave and, and coaches leave and, and you're, and you're, and people are gunning after you the next year. And maybe you're, you know, in the case of the Eagles, they're dealing with, uh, injuries. So I, look, I'm just going to have to bide my time and wait to, 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 and either hope that people forget about it. Or, or, or pop up and crow about it at the end of the year if the Eagles miss the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. Today, though, we're going to pick five teams who will make the playoffs who are on the outside looking in. I think um, the Bills, who made the playoffs last year, and felt are, an, to me, an obvious team to miss the playoffs next year. There are a couple of obvious teams that can pop up and make the playoffs this year, and I'm wondering, I'll let you go first, if you might have uh, one of the same teams I'm looking at. Yeah, my top five teams. That Dude, go, let's go. We'll, go. we'll go one at one. You go one. I'll go one. You go one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My number one, the Green Bay Packers. Yes. I believe they will be in the playoffs. Um, of course, health is a huge, huge factor for that. But having a healthy Aaron Rodgers, you have a shot, a legit shot. So that's that's the first team I have. Who do you have? Uh, yeah, that's one of the one of the there are two teams I thought were very obvious, and the Packers are one of them. Um, because Aaron Rodgers. Look, if he plays sixteen games. And he, and, and we talked about the shock to the system with all the changes that they've had to make, whether it's a, a new quarterbacks coach, removing Jordy Nelson, adding Jimmy Graham. Uh, I think they have a, you know, they have a very good offensive line. To me, Brian, the biggest, maybe even the biggest difference for the Packers is going to be the addition of Mike Pettin as defensive coordinator. Cause mm-hmm. I think, I think implementing a new system that's not Dom Capers, adding Muhammad Wilkerson, drafting two more cornerbacks, uh, in Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson in the first two rounds of the draft. Josh Jones coming around. Kevin King getting to his second year. Uh, maybe you hope for a big year from Clay Matthews and, and what I think might actually be a contract year. Um, you know, they, they've got plenty of talent on that defense and I think Mike Pettin will get more out of it than Dom Capers did. And I agree with you. I think they're an obvious candidate to pop up and maybe win the division and certainly make the playoffs. Yeah. I, I, I like. The Green Bay Packers, you know, basically solely on um, the Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Yeah, sure. Yeah, solely on Aaron Rodgers. Who you got Tells next? You how good he is. My number two team, team no one maybe they're mm. talking about as far as a playoff team, but of course they would be much improved from a year ago, the New York Giants. Mm, yes. Interesting. Yes. I like the New York Giants, and here's why. I think this offense is going to be a nice, consistent offense. They finally decided to revamp the offensive line. Adding Saquon Barkley, having a healthy Odell Beckham Jr. Granted, we don't know what his contract situation will look like once the season starts, but we know he's motivated. He's one of the more exceptional, gifted talents, wide receiver talents in the league. 
And also Eli Mann, I think he has a lot to prove. And this defense, they have the personnel to be real, real good. And when you look at that division, there's a lot of uncertainty in that division outside of the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think they have a shot of sneaking into the playoffs. Here's the thing with the Eagles, too. And and, and you say it's uncertainty outside the Eagles. But last year at this time, the Cowboys were coming off a 13-3 season where they looked dominant. They looked like they were establishing their offense for years to come. There would be no questions about the, the Cowboys' offense. They were Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, the best line in football. Well, the offense wasn't very good last year. That's mm-hmm. how much things change year to year. And the Giants who had the number two overall pick this season were 11 and five last year. I mean, they were, they were, they, um, you know, they looked like a team that was set to win for a while with a bunch of free agent additions and, and then things fell apart last season. So I'm with you. I think that the NFC East is more wide open than people give it credit for. Yes. I, yes. I also think, um, you know, the, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know where I land on the Giants because I don't like the Dave Gettleman spent a number two overall pick on a running back and, and that he spent a, a top 10 pick on a running back for the second year in a row with a different franchise. That's just weird. But Saquon Barkley is an absolute animal. And to me, he is more in line with Leonard Fournette, Zeke Elliott, and Todd Gurley than he is Christian McCaffrey. Um, obviously, I guess, in, in terms of a guy who can come in and impact that offense from day one. He's fantastic out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles, getting Nate Solder, getting Will Hernandez. I think that Eric Flowers should have been a right tackle the second he came out of college. He was actually mm-hmm. pretty good. He's pretty good at like getting, like getting out and, um, and, and, and blocking for screens and stuff at the second level. And I think if he doesn't have to worry about being a pure pass protector on the left side of the blind side for Eli Manning, I think he'll be better. So I'm with you on that offensive line. I have some questions about the defense, but I think that the Pat Shermer, James Betcher combination coming in there is going to reinvigorate this def- this offense and this defense. And the Giants could be a lot better than people think their schedule is tough. Uh, but, but certainly they could surprise in that division. I'll tell you who my second team that, that's not my obvious team, but I'm all in on this team. Same division, different squad. Give me the Washington Redskins. Wow. Yeah. The Redskins. Yeah. I like, um, I think Alex Smith is going to give them a higher floor. If maybe not as high a ceiling, but a higher floor than Kirk Cousins, Darius Geis is going to be provide more fantasy value than Saquon Barkley in terms of where you draft him and is going to be their bell cow. I actually like if you're if you're a betting fan, betting person, I like Darius Geis. He's like 23 to 1 to lead the league in rushing. I think they're just going to feed him the rock. Uh great, you know, supreme talent coming out of LSU. And then I think really Brian, the 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 thing for me is that this team is tough in the trenches. You know, they mm-hmm. add they add a uh, um, uh, Deron Payne in the draft with, uh, um, oh gosh, Jonathan Allen, two Alabama guys. They pair yeah, with two Ryan. Alabama guys. I mean, they're, they're pro ready. They pair with Ryan Kerrigan. And then on the offensive side of the ball, they have, uh, Trent Williams, Morgan Moses, and, and Brandon Scherf. I mean, this team could be really strong in the trenches. And I think people sort of sleep on, on how important it is to be tough at the, at the point of attack on both the offensive and defensive line in football in 2018. Yeah. And I think another thing that goes, uh, that proves your point with the Washington Redskins is just the unknown in this division. I think, yes, this is a, this could be a wide open division. We believe the Philadelphia Eagles should be the best team based on what they did a year ago. But with that being said, they will get every opposing team's best effort because trust me, I know firsthand when you win a, ch- a championship, the next year, every week is a tough 
it feels like the toughest week in the year because you're playing against a team that's, first of all, they're pissed because you were able to do something they have yet to do. And number one, they're trying to find a way to steal some of your momentum and steal some of your spotlight. So it's going to be a tough outing weekend and we got for the Philadelphia Eagles. And that provides a lot of open opportunities for other teams, I believe, too. I'm with you. Who, uh, who you got number three on your list of potential uh, jump up teams? <laughs> Let's go to La La Land. Yes. Los Angeles Chargers. I think the Chargers, they're the best team in the AFC West right now as far as personnel, as far as what we've seen over the last two, three years. I like Phillip Rivers still playing real good football. I love Keenan Allen. I think he's the best wide receiver in that division. Melvin uh, Gordon is a do-it-all type of running back. Remaining healthy is a big key for him. And then when you transition to the defense, before I do that, Williams, Mike Williams, can we get some type of reduction from him? That offense could be unstoppable if he finds a way to, number one, remain healthy, and just catch the football, make the big plays they believe he could potentially make. And transitioning to the defense, that duo of pass rushes they have, there's the best in the league in Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa combined for 23 sacks a year ago, adding Derwin James, the best unsung hero at the cornerback position, in my opinion, is Casey Hayward, a guy that does not get a lot of household recognition, but yet still he's been extremely consistent in the playmaker, Jason Verrett, Contract year, he was playing real good football. He's shown flashes here or there when he has been healthy. So that division will be competitive, but I believe this is the Chargers year. It's time for them, for them to have that Marty Schottenheimer type of year where they had 13 wins and three losses. You remember that, that campaign they had? Oh yeah. They lost to the, they fired Marty Ball. (laughs) Then they they lost to the, uh, Patriots in like the AFC championship. No, there's a, it was, um, it was, oh, okay. it was the divisional. It's the divisional round, but there were the Chargers like literally intercepted Tom Brady. I, it might not have been Eric Weddle. Maybe it was Eric Weddle intercepted him. But then, then it's the most Patriots play ever because I, mean, I was I was on the Chargers that year to 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 do well. Um, and I think I might have had the Chargers for a lot of money to win that game. And uh, the Chargers turn the ball, fumble the ball on an interception on like some. Patriots strip set, Patriots set a strip and, and the Patriots get the ball back. Tom Brady goes down and wins. I mean, this is, this is a team that has had so many chances. And, and look, I'm with you. I'm, I mean, I'm all in on the Chargers. Everybody who listens to this podcast, uh, knows that. And I don't, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if you, uh, mess around with, do you know, do you know about the Pythagorean theorem for football? Do you know about this nerd stuff? No, sir. Okay, so, you know, but, uh, so just to break it down, like, if you take points allowed versus, um, points scored versus points allowed, right? You want to, I mean, you, everybody knows that you want to score more points than points you allow. Well, if you do, if you plug that into like this very basic math formula, it tells you, and I just look at it on the pro football reference page, it tells you how many games you're supposed to win versus how many games you actually win because football's weird. The Chargers were supposed to win 10, 10 and a half games last year and only won nine. And other, and we knew that because they started 0 and 4 and they should have been, they should have been 2 and 2, right. So they, teams that underperform their expected win total generally take a jump the next year. And I think the Chargers are that team. I'm with you 100%. They might have the best roster top to bottom in the AFC by entire AFC. And, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm all in on the Chargers. That was my other obvious team. I'm sure they'll find some way to, to screw it up though. <laughs> we, but we talked about it, you know, we talked about it with the, um, you know, with the defense. It looks like they could have, 
uh, a top five defense. And I think Bryant, the, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that the way that they have drafted and added guys over the last few years on the offensive line, Russell Okung and Mike Pouncey in free agency. And then they picked up Dan Feeney and Forrest Lamp, who they, you know, they lost Forrest Lamp last year. This might be the best offensive line Philip Rivers has had since LaDainian Tomlinson was there. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this team, you know, they're motivated. I mean, they have really dropped the ball in the first month of the season last few years. And I think they will play September. They will play in September with a lot of urgency. The sense of urgency will be at an all-time high. You got to remain healthy, and that's that can be said about every NFL team. But I like where they are right now, currently, based yeah. on what we know. No, I'm with you. I'm I'm I am all in on the Chargers. So we got Chargers and uh, and Packers as two matches, and then two teams from the NFC East. Who you got next as your uh, fourth team? The Houston Texans. Ooh, Houston. like it. Yeah, I like Houston, and here's why. Pertaining to the health of Deshaun Watson, uh, he seems to be. Uh, on schedule as far as, uh, being 100%. Defensively, the health of Whitney Merciless, JJ Watt, Jadavian Clowney playing for a big time contract. You know, you got Coven from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Uh, this defense should be fun to watch. And the big factor for me with the Texans defense is that Romeo Cornell is back calling the plays. A very, very instinctive, knowledgeable, football mind and if you go back in time and reminisce the last time he was calling plays there on the sideline before he lost that title he led that defense that defense led them to the playoffs with the who's who playing quarterback the who's who playing quarterback tj yates the literally who who the hell is who (laughs) (laughs) brian hoyer uh brandon whedon um i mean Everybody had an opportunity to play quarterback that year, and they somehow found a way to get into the playoffs. So I like this team. I think this division will be – I think it's going to be an intriguing division because many believe Jacksonville, once again, will, should be the top team. Uh, the big year for Tennessee with Marcus Mariota. But I like the Texans. I think the Texans uh, could be right there with Jacksonville, in my opinion. I think so because Deshaun Watson is probably the most entertaining player to watch oh in my that God. division. Yeah, and if you go back and you look at what was going on with the um, with the Houston Texans before Deshaun Watson tore his ACL, and it was in practice before they played the Colts in Week Nine, I believe, because that's when uh, yeah, that's when Tom Savage came back. So the Texans at that point in time, after before the injury to Deshaun Watson, were three and four, but their losses were in Week One to Jacksonville when Deshaun Watson only played the second half. Week three at New England, a three point loss where they, you know, they battled the Patriots down to the wire. Week five against the Kansas City Chiefs in a, in a game that, you know, they played well against the Chiefs, but Kansas City was very good. And then, uh, week eight when they went to Seattle and lost by three points to the Seahawks in one of the best games of the year. I mean, Deshaun Watson was going on the road against Bill Belichick, against the Legion of Boom, RIP, and, and putting up monster stats. This, he's, Bryant, he's just a gamer. Like that's yeah, all. I mean, we he got discounted in the draft because of his ability to read, uh, you know, pro off pro defenses or to diagnose, you know, to diagnose defenses and to to run a pro style offense. But Bill O'Brien built a system around him, and he's just a gamer. Yeah, but my thing is this though, uh, Will, for the listeners listening to us right now, are we really surprised? 
No. I mean, we saw this guy do this on the collegiate level. And granted, college football, NFL football, it's night and day. I understand that. Trust me. But in the biggest moments at Clemson, he showed up big time. Big time. So for me, I was surprised, but then I was not because I felt like he has that. He has the it factor. Just does. Some players just have it. In the biggest moment in his rookie campaign, like you said, going on the road against Seattle, going on the road, playing against Tom Brady. He went blow for blow with Tom Brady, and he embraces that moment. The biggest concern I have is where will his knee be? You know, if he's 100% mm-hmm. healthy mentally, we know he embraces the big moment. Yeah, he's. I mean, he steps up at the, at the biggest point. Like he almost beat Alabama back to back. You're right. Uh, okay, my. Hmm, let's see, I had the Titans fall, the Titans were in the playoffs last year, so I can't use them. The Texans are a very good choice. I don't think I have them. Uh, I will go to, I didn't do a very good job of, of preparing for this, uh, particular portion. Um, hmm, 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 I will go with, I've lost what team I was thinking about. I will go with, I guess this, oh god. This is this. Oh, I know the Baltimore Ravens. Sorry, I screwed up. Yeah. yeah, the Baltimore Ravens are an obvious team here. I think that the Baltimore Ravens have a very good offensive line. I think they have a very good defense. I think they have a very friendly schedule. They went nine and seven last year. Yeah, and, they should have made the playoffs a year ago. Yeah, if not for Andy Dalton, you know, ripping their soul <laughs> out at the end and, and helping out Buffalo. And I think when you look at Baltimore, I would not be surprised if they decide to to break glass in case of emergency and go with Lamar Jackson. And I think Lamar Jackson, while not the Sean Watson gamer like, uh, can be utilized out of, out of the gate as a dangerous weapon at quarterback. And at the very least, Bryant, I think he inspires, uh, Joe Flacco to step up his game. And I, I, I see the, the Baltimore Ravens as a playoff team. I agree. I agree. I think their roster, they still have a lot of experience there. They have really revamped. Their offense trying to provide some type of big play ability there. And this is a prove me year for Joe Flacco. Look at the wide receivers. They have brought in so many new faces at that position. Michael Crabtree. You have a Brown from the Arizona Cardinals, Willie Sneed, still waiting for Brashad Perriman, who I thought was a reach to go for in the first round mm-hmm. to show up big time. He's yet to do anything. He's on his lag le- last leg, so this is an important year for him. But most importantly, this starts and stops with Joe Flacco. If Joe Flacco is a starting quarterback week one, and if they have no rotation at that position, Baltimore is in a good place. And what I mean when I say that is if Joe Flacco remains the starting quarterback throughout 2018, they're winning ball games. they're playing real good football. And I'm saying that based on if he is weak, the week one starter. But if he's the week one starter and somehow you eventually see Lamar Jackson in the fold, there's a good chance they've been losing ball games and the quarterback play had a big part to play to do to do with that. So I think if he is in place to be the week one starter, I think he will put forth his best effort because he's auditioning for 31 other teams, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because I believe he will not be in a Baltimore Raven uniform in 2019. I believe you are correct. I think, in fact, Jason Lockenfora said after the, uh, after the draft, he said, this is the end of the Joe Flacco era. You can write it down in, in pen and Sharpie, however, you know, uh, uh, Seth Davis style, however you want to do it, <laughs> you know, bring out your permanent marker and write it down. Joe Flacco gone. When you look at the contract, it's a no brainer. And 
you know, it's, it, the AFC is really interesting because we saw the Bills sneak in. The Bills and the Titans were the wild card teams last year. I mean, those two teams weren't very good. The Titans had a negative twenty-two point differential. Yes, the Bills yes. had a negative fifty-seven point differential. Yes. What the hell is a like? If you if you you shouldn't be in the playoffs. The Bills were a yes. sa- like yes. that yes. that point different. The the Pythagorean theorem thing basically says they were a six and a half win team. They weren't very good. Um, and I don't think that any of these AFC East teams are going to be great. I think the Bengals no. could be interesting. It's, you know, it's, I like your idea of the Texans and of course I agree with you on the Chargers. Who's your, uh, who's your last team that you could think could sneak in? This was tough for me because it, it was pertaining to two teams in the same division. Mm. And I bet, I bet it's, I bet, can I guess the division? Yes. Is it the NFC North? No. No. Okay. No. It's the AFC West. Ah, and I'm torn okay, right yeah, now, yeah. listeners, between the Oakland Raiders and the Denver Broncos. I'm torn right now between the Oakland Raiders and the Denver Broncos. But I'm siding with the Oakland Raiders because I believe they have a wow. better quarterback than the Denver Broncos. Number one, that's number one. Number two, the Gruden effect. We will see old school football once again in Oakland. Number three, Paul Gunther, the new DC there with the Raiders. They will be playing a 3-4 scheme, and now Bruce Irvin, Khalil Ooh. Mack will be rushers. So you think they'll – are they going to go to 3-4 and put Khalil Mack on, as an outside linebacker or use no, him as a 3-4 no. end? 4-3. They're playing 4-3 Or 4-3. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah, Bruce yeah. Irvin and Khalil Mack, if you remember the last few years, they were playing a 3-4 scheme, so yeah, they were yeah, situational yeah, yeah, yeah. rushers. Yeah. A lot of times they were drop, dropping back in coverage, you know, zone concepts here or there. But now these guys are 4-3 defensive ends. And I think they will cause a lot of havoc for opposing offenses and opposing quarterbacks. And I I think they're going to shock a lot of people week one, the final game of week one, that second Monday night matchup against the Los Angeles Rams. Mm. That's going to be an entertaining game. And that, for me, is the most important game of week one based on the expectations, the aspirations the Rams have. But also, too, this is an opportunity for the Oakland Raiders to shake up the NFL world, in my opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm actually on record on this podcast as predicting that the Raiders will win that game as well. Um, there's one this, you know, those weird late start Monday night games. Yes. Cause it starts at like 10 p.m. Eastern. It's a, it's a real, uh, pain in the, as we would say in my, my as I would say to my four year old, it's a pain in the bottom. To, uh, to, to, it's a pain in the ass, if we're being honest. It's a pain in the ass to cover because it, and we'll, I'll probably have to do a podcast at like 2 a.m. for it, and that's fine, but they always have weird outcomes, and I'm with you. I think that the, I think there will be energy out of the gates with John Gruden, and I think, uh, there's actually a really good piece on the mmqb.com from, uh, of my friend Andy Benoit, who wrote about Paul Gunther sort of building out this defense and how, and what he, and how cl- he's basically an assistant head coach, and he was a guy, he's a guy that, I think is like a lot of these Bengals assistants, Mike Zimmer before him, uh, has sort of been looked over or passed over a little bit. And Gunther has done a lot of good things defensively. And you're right. If you move Khalil Mack into a pure 4-3 edge rusher, he's going to be a terror. And Bruce Irvin too is a speed guy. Like that's, it's going to be difficult to contain. Um, and I, I, I agree with you. I think we could see, I think we see a little bit of Gruden energy with that team i am actually the final team i'm going to select um i was i'm picking from the nfc north and detroit no but that was choosing between i i, I think detroit is a sleeper oh. in that division too 
I'm going with the Chicago Bears. Wow. I know. Ew, living on the edge. <laughs> That's nice. I know. I, I, like, this is gonna, it's like, so, it's similar to be like, so you think that the Bears are gonna make the playoffs and the Eagles aren't? Let me get, <laughs> like, like, I'll take whatever you're smoking, please. No question. Um, I'm telling you to change your coffee regimen. <laughs> That's just right, yeah. Either take down the, I'm gonna get drug tested. That's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna I mean, get, you know what? I, I like your guts. I think Chicago is going to be a fun team to watch. I just love their defense. Well, I love their defense. I well, you know what? I, I was high on the Bears' offense anyway, and then when we did the podcast about teams that can make a leap defensively, and you you sold me on the Bears. I'm all in on the Bears now. The, the biggest problem I have, Brian, is that I don't know that the Bears can leapfrog both the Vikings and the Packers. That's it, That's and, the issue. And also, too, another issue, just not the Packers and the Vikings. I believe the NFC North right now before week one is off and running. Mm. I think this is the most competitive division in the NFL. Mm. Interesting. I think so. You, 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 you have a legit argument, a legit argument in my opinion that three teams definitely can make the playoffs. The Vikings, the Lions, the Packers. And then if you throw in the argument for the Chicago Bears, which wouldn't be far fetched because there are a lot of similarities with Chicago that you can compare with the Eagles from a year ago. Sure. 100% and the Rams. I think, so let's, let's assume that the team with the most playoff teams last year, the NFC South, is the de facto best team, best division in football. Um, I think the Vikings and Saints are comparable. They had that miracle game against each other. You know, um, the Vikings have upgraded at quarterback. So I think that's a wash. Vikings versus Saints. Um, Packers versus Falcons. I would actually take the Packers there if, assuming that we have a healthy Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. And then I think you go Lions versus Panthers. I would give the edge to the Panthers there, but not by a ton. I really think that Detroit's going to be interesting under under Matt Patricia and, and mm-hmm. the things he does defensively. And they 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 brought in LeGarrette Blount. They added Carryon Johnson. And then if you go down to the bottom, and we're again we're talking most consistent division, yeah. Bears versus Buccaneers. Give me the Bears all day. The Bears, I would, the I Bears, agree. Bears will take the Buccaneers in a heartbeat. So. I think you might be onto something that the NFC North might be the toughest division. The other right problem, now. the other problem for the Bears is they don't just have to jump their division too. They have to jump the conference. We talk about the NFC South, talk about the, the NFC West is being slept on a little bit, I think. And then we mentioned how dangerous the NFC East could be. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a team won 10 games and missed the playoffs in the yeah. NFC East yeah. or the NFC. Yeah. No, no question. I think there could be at least two teams, double digit wins with double digit wins and, and they will be on the outside looking in as far as playoff competition. It's going to be a competitive year. And the thing that I love about right now, the moment that we're currently in as far as looking ahead, there is hard to really predict a sure thing because so many teams have improved from a year ago. Yeah. You know, and not to mention so many teams are now healthy because health played a big part in the lack of success with a lot of a lot of the usual suspects to say the least no i'm i'm with you and the you know i i just i just harken back to last year because you know we i did this i did the same post last year and you're like okay the patriot you're like all right the dolphins are an obvious team to step back but the steelers aren't going anywhere um it's like uh you know the jaguars won 3 games i'm not buying them you know, the Raiders won 12. They look like they're locked in. The Cowboys are good to go for the future. The Giants are too. The Packers aren't going anywhere. Maybe, the, you know, the Falcons look like they're building on something. And then the Seahawks are going to be here forever. 
I mean, eight of those teams missed the playoffs. Like eight, yeah. eight of 12 teams missed the playoffs because the Rams popped up and maybe there won't be quite as much turnover this year, but the reality, you know this. I mean, you said it at the top of the podcast. The reality of the NFL is that there's always turnover and that we don't, we can't see it until it's actually happening because the NFL is so week to week and, mm-hmm. and, and so dependent on who gets hurt. Yeah. I mean, it's a competitive league from top to bottom. So you really have to enjoy that. And, you know, that's why I love the game. Yep. All right. Uh, Bryant McFadden, thanks as always, my man, for, uh, for popping on. Good list of teams. I like that we crossed over on two. We had a, several different ones. You can follow him at BMAC underscore sports talk. Make sure and do that. Great follow on Twitter and excellent work on CBS Sports HQ at cbsports.com backslash live. Follow me on Twitter at Will Brinson and at Pick Six Pod if you wanna if you wanna uh, check out the podcast on Twitter. Thanks, man. Uh thank you again for having me.